Well, we're going to invite Paul to come and speak to us very shortly in the next of our theme on staying connected. Before that, we're going to have today's Bible reading, a Bible reading that's in two parts. We're going to read some verses from John chapter 8, and we're going to read some verses from Romans chapter 8 as well. So firstly, John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And from Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. May God bless his word. And uh, Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for how you've been speaking to Paul this week. And we ask now that you would give us ears to listen to what you have to say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning to you all. I thank you again for inviting me into your homes. I'd like to thank Alan for leading our service. And the faithful Rob and Becky who have been laboring hard doing all that technical stuff. Today, as Alan has said, our theme is In Christ We're Set Free. It's interesting that we're looking at the subject of freedom on this Remembrance Sunday as we reflect on all those who served and died that as a country we might be free and that we might be free as individuals. I don't know whether Peter had that in mind when he put the series together, but... I'm certain that God did. This is the fourth message in our series, Stay Connected. And we continue to use a verse we've used throughout the series as we remember Jesus' words in John 15, 4. Jesus says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And we've said a number of times that phrase, in Christ, means in a relationship with Christ. In me means in a relationship with me. It refers to those who have committed their lives to following Jesus Christ in a relationship. God has always wanted his creature, man and woman, uh, to be free. Right at the beginning of the Bible, we read, The Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Total and absolute freedom and permission, with one minor prohibition. You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God wants people to be free. And later in Exodus, we see how God uses a man called Moses to lead his people from captivity into freedom. 
Exodus 3, verse 7, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. I love that little phrase. I have come down to rescue them. God's people were held captive. They were imprisoned as slaves by Pharaoh. They needed to be set free. God saw their plight and responded. Twenty centuries ago, God responded again. He saw your plight. He saw my plight and came down to us on a rescue mission in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. His mission statement is familiar to many. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed. Some of you or your loved ones may be in situations this morning where there appears to be no way out. That's a situation that uh, the Israelites found themselves in. Mountains to the left, mountains to the right, an Egyptian army bearing down on them, the sea in front of them. There was no way out until God opened up that way through the sea. It may be that you feel imprisoned by your circumstances, especially during this time of lockdown. The truth is that Jesus wants to set us free, free in so many different ways, free from bad attitudes, free from guilt, free from worry, free from fear, free from having a, a critical spirit. Free from discouragement, free from depression, free from living a wasted life. And in John 8.31, we read, To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is the way, the life. He is also the truth. We know about God because Jesus told us about God. Jesus knows the truth about every single one of us. And he wants to set us free. In John 8, 35, Jesus says, A slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If we're a follower of Jesus, we are sons and daughters of the living God. We're in the family with God as our Father. There's security in that. In a moment, we're going to be looking at how we can be free from condemnation. I could have chosen so many aspects of freedom, but this is what I felt God would have me look at. We're going to be looking at verses from Romans 8, but first of all, I want to backtrack into Romans 7. 
I wonder if I can ask you a personal question. Have you ever felt like giving up as a Christian? It's all a bit too hard. You get tired of constantly trying to do the right thing and often failing. Seems that before you were a Christian, everything was so much easier. Uh, you weren't really conscious of sin, but your life may now be characterized more by defeat than victory. You look at other Christians, and on the whole, uh, they seem to be doing fine compared with yourself. You're still struggling. I want to reassure you this morning that at some point, every Christian struggles. The Apostle Paul struggled. That's one of the greatest Christians the world has ever seen, and yet he struggles. When you become a Christian, you get a new nature. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. In Christ... If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. There's that little phrase again, in Christ. We get a new nature, but we also retain the old nature. The old nature wants us to do what is wrong. The new nature wants us to live a life that pleases God. That's what Romans 7 is all about. And the Apostle Paul recognizes the battle going on in his life between the old nature and the new nature. Uh, the good that I want to do, uh, I don't find myself doing, he says. And those things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Paul points out that the Holy Spirit is the answer to all the problems that he raised in chapter 7, who will deliver me? Who will deliver me? He feels so wretched. In Romans 7, verse 24, he says, What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body of death. And that Greek word translated wretched means a person who is exhausted after a battle. Paul is exhausted with this struggle, this continuous struggle between the old and the new nature. So in chapter 7, we see a picture of defeat. When we come to chapter 8, it is a completely different story. This is the chapter of victory. This is the chapter of conquest. Here we see the difference between defeat and victory is the Holy Spirit. If you were to go through chapter 7 and count up the number of times in total the words I, me, mine, and myself occur something like 47 times. But the secret of authentic Christianity, the secret of Christian living, isn't doing it on my own, but letting the Holy Spirit live through me and if you were to count the number of times the Spirit is mentioned in chapter 8, it's something like 19. If you were uh, marooned on a desert island and could have only one chapter of the Bible, which one would you choose? 
Apparently, seven of the top 20 top Bible cheaters from around the world chose Romans 8. It's such a fantastic chapter because it describes the kind of life that the Holy Spirit makes it possible for you and I to live. A life of freedom. Verse 2 of Romans 8, through Christ, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I'm sure most of you have been to an airport to catch a plane uh, to another part of the world. If you're like me, you arrive at the airport, you see a plane on the runway, and you think that is a massive plane. How on earth is that going to get off the ground? Then you find yourself inside the plane, surging forward at a vast rate of knots, and almost before you know it, you're in the air. What's happened? The law of gravity holding the plane down has been overtaken by the laws of aerodynamics. The immense power of those engines has enabled that plane to take off and fly. It's a bit like that with sin in our lives. It's like the law of gravity holding us down. But there is that power that will enable us to overcome the power of sin and our Christian lives can then take off. So I want to concentrate on freedom from condemnation this morning. Romans 8 verse 1, the apostle says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is, is a legal term that Paul uses here. He's taking us into the courtroom. A person has violated the law. They're in the courtroom. The evidence is produced. And there's now going to be a judgment on whether that person is guilty or not guilty. If they're guilty, they'll be sentenced to punishment. If they're not guilty, they'll be set free. There's no condemnation upon them. But when it comes into God's courtroom, every single one of us is guilty. Paul says we've all sinned and fallen short of God's perfect standard. There's no one righteous, absolutely no one. But because of what Christ has done, if we trust in what he did on the cross, we trust in the resurrection, we can be declared not guilty. There is no condemnation upon us. We are set free from any condemnation. What's the condition for no condemnation? Well, there isn't any. It's not try and be perfect and then you won't be condemned or keep all the rules and regulations and God will say, well, that's absolutely fine. All you have to do is to be in a relationship with Christ. The reason we're not condemned if we're a follower of Jesus Christ is because Christ took all that condemnation on the cross, when he died, he took all the punishment. He took the penalty for our sin. 
He took all the pain. I wonder if you know that forgiveness. I wonder if you know the fact that in your life there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But let me move on because I think this next section is important to some people. It's about forgiving myself. You know, sometimes we can't accept we've been forgiven. We can't find a way to forgive ourselves. We continue to be imprisoned by our own guilt. Many of you are believers. You're followers of Christ. You've accepted Christ into your life. But deep down, it may be that you don't really believe that you are fully and totally forgiven. There may be just one or two incidents in your life that keep coming back to haunt you. And you think, I know I'm saved, but... I really wonder, has God forgiven that? Maybe you're even trying to make amends by doing something in order to experience some sort of forgiveness. The psalmist says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, Alan's already quoted the verse where God says, I'll remember your sins no more. Corey Ten Boom says, when God forgives us, he buries our sins in the deepest sea and puts up a sign, no fishing. Are you fishing back in your life? Are there one or two incidents haunting you? As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed, our transgressions from us. Either that's true or it's a lie. One thing that God cannot do is lie. You've been forgiven. Forgive yourself. Set yourself free. Then finally, I just want to talk for a few moments about forgiving others. In Colossians 3.13, Paul says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. C.S. Lewis said this on one occasion. Everyone says forgiveness is a good idea until they have something to forgive. Have you ever heard anyone use any of these phrases? I'll never forgive that person for what they did. They don't deserve to be forgiven. I can forgive, but I can't forget. Is there a hurt that someone has imposed on you that keeps gnawing away at your peace of mind? Forgive that person. Let it go for your own sake. You see, unforgiveness has consequences. It locks us up in a prison of bitterness and resentment. And in this prison, we have time on our hands to mull over the incident again and again and again when the other person is often totally oblivious. How do I break out of that prison? There's only one key, and it's the key of the forgiveness that Jesus brings. I receive God's forgiveness, and I reflect it to others. I have a choice to make. I can either forgive 
or I can relive that hurt. Forgiveness is a choice. We can remain in the bondage of bitterness or move to the freedom of forgiveness. But you say, Paul, I don't want to forgive that person because it means they'll just get away with it. That's not fair. Is forgiveness fair? No, it's not. Is it fair that you and I have been forgiven by God? No, it's not. That's not fair. That's called grace. You don't get what you do deserve, but you do get what you don't deserve. Forgiveness isn't fair. In fact, for Christ, it was very expensive. I finish with the thought that real forgiveness is unconditional. On the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus offered forgiveness, although nobody had asked for it. You offer forgiveness to someone else even though they haven't asked for it. You don't put conditions on your forgiveness. It comes with no strings attached. It's all about grace. Billy Graham said, forgiveness is one of the most beautiful words in the human vocabulary. Can I encourage you as I finish to to get connected with God through Jesus so that you're set free from guilt and condemnation. If you're a follower of Christ, stay connected. Forgive others as the Lord forgave you. Have you received God's forgiveness? Are you reflecting God's forgiveness to others? Don't wait until you feel like forgiving. The time to do it is now. Amen.